It's time to take a look around the NFL with our weekly visit from John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. You need to see a dog make a play. No puppies. I need a dog to make a play. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show. Again, we're live from Radio Row in Los Angeles. Unnecessary roughness. Right now on the phone lines, a man who's been around Radio Row plenty of times doesn't need any kind of background on what goes on here. It's John McClain from the Houston Chronicle. And, John, we do appreciate your time this afternoon. And uh, how pumped up are you, John, for this uh, this game coming up on Sunday between the Bengals and the Rams, Super Bowl 56? Just the, It's not the usual suspects in the Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I gave your number to uh, friends of mine in the media for when the draft and the Super Bowl are there and then when the combine gets there. And I told them you'd be glad to host everybody in the media every night on the town. Yes, absolutely. I'm down. I'm ready for it, John. I'm really ready for it. Let's do it. <laughs> Actually, you just better be prepared to host me. I <laughs> know uh, that's right. Uh, let, truthfully, um, I've been so caught up in Lovey Smith being hired in the Texas yeah. coaching search. I haven't spent a lot of time on the Super Bowl. I mean, I think the Rams are going to win. I've never seen a team that's gone as all in on one season as the Rams have this season with the trade for Matthew Stafford, uh, o- Odell Beckham Jr., Von Miller, uh, Sonny Michelle, and it's worked. You know, they're the first team, and could be the first team, to win a, in a championship game and a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Now, Cincinnati, because of Joe Burrow, and they do have a lot of talent, they've got a chance. But I think this, if you look at how the Bengals were able to win in Tennessee despite Burrow being sacked nine times, what team has a better pass rush than the Titans, the Rams? Right. I think the Rams' pass rush is going to be all over him, as the Buccaneers was last year, all over Patrick Mahomes, forcing the Chiefs to rebuild their offensive line. So I think between Aaron Donald and Von Miller, who was a Super Bowl MVP, they're going to make Joe Burrow's life miserable. Now, if Burrow wins, which definitely is possible, that means within the last eight years he has won a high school state championship in Ohio. He won a national championship at LSU and a Super Bowl in his second season. I don't know how many quarterbacks could make that claim. Right. No. Good point there. Again, we're talking with John McClain for the Houston Chronicle, talking all things NFL. And, uh, yeah, I'm just excited about the game. And, John, I never really talk about it when I'm on Radio Row until Friday when it's about the last 15 minutes of the, the whole experience. So I'm trying to get a little Super Bowl talk in early uh, while it's a little bit slower. But you mentioned Lovey Smith being hired in Houston as the, as the coach, and he's a Texas guy, you know, through and through. He's a Texas guy. What are your thoughts on that hire? Talking about state high school championship decades ago, I love you, Smith. You have these Texas in Big Sandy, a little bitty town with a great running back named David Overstreet, All-American Oklahoma, first-round pick in Miami. He was killed in a car rash, crash, and they won, I think, three straight state championships in a row. And Lovey went to college at Tulsa, and even though he is a devoted Texan, he believes so strongly in his native state, he never coached in Texas except when he came here last year to be the Texan associate head coach and defensive coordinator. I've known him almost 30 years. Class guy, smart, shrewd, 
people looked at him at the Bears. He was fired after a ten and six season, and his last eight years there, out of a nine year career, was twenty four games over five hundred. Coach of the year one year, took him to the Super Bowl, lost to his good friend and mentor Tony Dungy and Peyton Manning, and then after he got fired for ten and six season, he finished second in Houston to Bill O'Brien. In 2014, he was hired by the Buccaneers, where he began his NFL coaching career under Tony Dungy. First year, they were in a rebuilding, 2-14, and 14, got the first pick, drafted Jameis Winston, went 6-10 and 10 with a rookie quarterback. He got fired, despite a four-game improvement. So, a lead on my column for tomorrow says, Lovey Smith has unfinished business as an NFL head coach. People here are just glad they didn't hire former quarterback Josh McCown, who has no coaching experience in college or the NFL. And if they add him on to the staff, it would be a disaster. McCown's a great guy. Everybody says he's going to be a great coach. But he needs to start somewhere else, not having Lovey Smith looking over his shoulder at the head coach and waiting. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I thought for a minute, I thought Houston was going to pull the trigger on that and make McCown the head coach, but instead they go with Lovey Smith. So, John, what does Lovey Smith have to do? How does what, how, how big is this task of getting Houston back where they need to be? Well, they're a long way from being where they need to be. You know, it seems like they haven't won in a long time. They haven't won two years in a row. You compare those situations like Jacksonville or Detroit or some of these other bottom feeders every year, the Jets, that took kind of first round. They were 10-6 and six two years ago, beat Buffalo in the wild card round, led the Chiefs 24-0 at Arrowhead Stadium, then they choked it and they went straight down the toilet. And so it's been two bad years in a row. They won four games under David Culley. A lot of people thought they'd be the worst team in the league. They lost to, like, Tennessee and the Patriots by three points, lost one-score games to the Dolphins and the Jets. So they were close. They know who their quarterback's going to be, Davis Mills. They have third overall pick. They're hoping to get extra picks and trades with Deshaun Watson, perhaps left tackle Larry Tunsil. So Lovey Smith is taking over a team cue that is in so much better shape than the one that David Culley inherited. Yeah, I, I believe it. I really do, and I'm excited to see what Lovey Smith can do there in Houston. And so uh, how high on the priority list is to – well, and I guess they can't do anything until his legalities are over with, but, I mean, get Deshaun Watson to another team. That's that feel like that's holding everything up as well. Well, they can't do anything. No player moves can be made before March 16th right. when the new league year begins. And there's some teams not just going to jump out there and trade for him. He's got to get those 22 civil suits. Cleared yep. up. He's got to reach settlements if he can. And they came close right before the trade deadline when they had a deal with Miami for three ones, a three and a five, and that fell apart. They couldn't reach it, do it in green. Settlements with all of them. And he knows in order to play, not have to sit out a second year in a row, he better reach settlements. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to all shake out or when it's going to shake out. It just doesn't seem like it's going to be anytime soon at all. We're talking with John McClain from the Houston Chronicle here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, John, last week I asked you about the Brian Flores suit and what was going on with that. And I feel like this is one of those stories that's not going to go away for a very long time. It's got a lot of different branches and a lot of levels to this uh, this game. There's There's conversations about tweaking the Rooney rule, and we talked about it before, John. There's really nothing you can do. If a person doesn't want to hire someone, they're just not going to do it. 
How much tweaking could you possibly do to the Rooney Rule? One of the things they, they're trying to do is to get more black assistant coaches working their way up to being coordinators, since coordinators are usually the ones who get the head coaching job. Now, you can't make a higher coach. You can't make a general manager higher coach. If you add black ownership, if like a if an African American owner had an African American group that had like more than four billion and bought the Broncos, that would be a great start. A lot of teams have minority partners who are minorities, but not the one that runs the franchise. And Brian Flores will never work in the NFL again. Right. I told people like if I if if I am trying to get hired by the Houston Chronicle and I see the Hearst Corporation, they're not going to hire me. Right. You know, if, you're, if you sued your parent company, would you got hired by Raider Nation? Of course you wouldn't. Nope. And he's <laughs> trying to get every owner to turn to, to what he's really trying to do is get them to hire more minority coaches. But what he's asking is for them to, you know, throw open the books to let to reveal their their text messages, their emails, their phone records, and all that, that's just the way you get hired. I believe Flores is a really good coach, and I think he'll be coaching major college program in two years. His attorney put out a statement yesterday saying that the only reason Brian didn't get hired by the Texans is because of the lawsuit. And I'm thinking his credentials compared to Lovey Smith, they don't right. compare. He didn't get in the playoffs, Lovey He's been to a Super Bowl, coach of the year, a record uh, that is above 500, and there's no comparison in the records. Now, Brian Flores may turn out to be, you know, one of the all-time greats uh, if he gets another chance, but you can't be suing people and expect them to hire you. And he knows that. He has said in every interview, he knows his career in the NFL could be over, but he's looking for the greater good. And I'll tell you this, since that lawsuit, Miami and Houston hired minorities. Right. There you go. Uh, that's what they're looking for, right? And, again, he, he might just end up being the guy, or he probably is going to be the guy that just sacrificed his career, and, and, and maybe he'll end up being for the better good. So we'll see how all that shakes out. Now, John, I did want to ask you about this situation that I saw pop up uh, over the past couple of days with Kyler Murray in Arizona. And, you know, the, the kids, they say they, uh, they divorce a team when they wipe them from their social media. Uh, do you make anything of that more than he's trying to get a contract extension? Well, he's, of course not. He's eligible for an extension. You know, he didn't play great this year, and he was hurt. Do they want to give him $40 million a year? They don't have to. They could wait another year. But usually you do that, you're trying to send a message without being quoted. It's not subtle. It's a broadside. I think it's kind of stupid myself. I'd rather just talk about it instead of do something like that. To me, I think it's kind of childish. But obviously he's thrown down the gauntlet to the Cardinals. Right, exactly. You wipe all the social media. You wipe off all the all the team. Uh, you know, any of the signs off the social media, and that means that you're angry at them. It's I, I think it's silly as well, but that's what they do. Well, John, what do you got coming out on uh, Texas Sports Nation that uh, any any NFL fan should be on the lookout for? Well, I've got uh, a column on Lovey Smith the last two days. I'm going to have one about his long relationship with Pep Hamilton, a terrific quarterback coach who goes back to the Bears with Lovey Smith and. He's just been promoted to offensive coordinator and play caller. He had other options. But the fact that he stayed here should show people that he thinks there's hope. He likes Davis Mills as a quarterback. I think it's a great move to keep him. So, Lovey's got him. He's got Romeo Cornell. 
as a senior advisor. Well, I mean, uh, Lovey will keep calling the defense. And then I'm going to be on Sunday. Wade Phillips, I'm going to call him up. I'm going to say, when you were with the Rams in 30-year-old Sean McVay's first season, and Zach Taylor was on that staff, did you think those two guys, those two young guys, would be coaching the Super Bowl teams <laughs> in five years? And he may say yes. And if he does, I'm guessing his nose is going to grow because I don't know anybody <laughs> that saw that, especially for Zach Taylor. No, I agree. I agree. That will be a fun conversation. And, John, before I let you go, I did want to ask you, as I look to my right here on Radio Row and I see the uh, the Raiders' official setup and I see the Raiders' helmet, we know we're uh, anticipating hearing Cliff Branch's name coming up on Thursday for uh, the Hall of Fame. And, of course, he won't be there to, to smell the roses. But uh, uh, should, should Raider Nation start uh, feeling their way to Canton, Ohio? I believe they should because Cliff is our senior nominee. I'm on the senior committee and – our senior committee, our coach committee, and our contributor committee make recommendations, one each year. And then the big committee rubber stamps them. So I believe Cliff Branch, a native from Houston, is finally going to get in the Hall of Fame. And like you, I'm just sorry he isn't alive to experience it, but his family can Absolutely. That's the greatest way to, to drop the mic right there. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle on Twitter at McClain underscore on underscore NFL. John, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Enjoy the Super Bowl. We'll talk next week. So what happened to DeMond? Did a cat get his tongue? I thought he always had a tight. Oh, no. Well, you know what, John? Yeah, he I does. Gotta, I got to ask something. You know what? Where does Josh McCown go from here? Where does Josh McCown go from here? Do the do the Texans put him on the staff? What do they do? Just tell him to wait for oh, five they years? Do. If they did do that, would be so unfair to Lovey Smith. He would be the head coach in waiting. Everybody would know it. He'd look over his shoulder and see Jack Easterby trying to get him fired to get McCown the job. It would be disastrous. <laughs> All right, but, yeah, the Titans, they giving out extensions to their head coach and GM, so everything going well, good I over there. I think that's good. They should have because those guys do a really good job. Thank you guys very much. Enjoy the Super Bowl. All right, thank you, John. Appreciate you. The great John McClain right there from the Houston Chronicle joins us each and every week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, yeah, DeMond, I was waiting for you. I thought you were going to pop up. thought you were going to have a Mike Vrabel comment or something. You're going to talk about the return of Derrick Henry. He's going to be a comeback player of the year next season. I didn't know what you were going to do. We got all offseason. We got all offseason. I was thinking about asking about Josh McCown, but I snuck that in there because I was thinking. It was like they really wanted to hire that guy. And then it's just like, man, I guess we can't now. That's what it seems like. You well, know, they had the know, handshake agreement agreed on it. It was like, man, Brian Flores suing the NFL. Yeah, Josh, hold off on that. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Well, good stuff right there from John McClain, as it always is. 316 is the time. We're on Radio Row here in Los Angeles. The Los Angeles Convention Center will come back, and we'll hit up that Salmon Ash text line. You got something that's on your mind? You want to you want to chime in on the show? 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Red Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. I don't know about Unnecessary Roughness. I do know about Unnecessary Cold. It just got cold as all get out in here. 
I don't know what just happened. Like, you know when you feel that breeze go by your head and it's not one that you want? It's that cold one? A cold front just went over my head, and it was not very comfortable. That's what I like to call unnecessary cold. <laughs> that was the best. I just saw the best look. I just saw the best look right here from the table next to me. Eddie Pascal from the Raiders is sitting here in front of his uh, this is awesome Raider display, and it's a nice helmet. And a couple young ladies, and I hate to just call them young ladies, but I don't know their name. They start to walk up, and it looks like they went to admire the, the, the helmet, but then it was almost like they got hit with, like, kryptonite or crypto force or something. It's like they all of a sudden pause, like, ah! Wait a minute. Hold on. What's going on here? And now it's like, and now now she's, like, hovering around the helmet almost like it's a camera. It's like that unnecessary cold I told you. The helmet is bringing off some, some heat, some fire. The fire is going through it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's not going to work. <laughs> we going to work it out. We're going to figure something out. This is fun. And this is the kind of thing that happens on Radio Row. You have a plan of attack. You know that you're about to go in and say something, and then all of a sudden you see out of the corner of your eye something that you have to talk about. So that's just what I'm going to do. But this is what they do have the helmet on the on the table. Marcus, who's that autographed by? Seth Roberts. Raider great. <laughs> Seth Roberts. Seth Roberts. That's awesome. Eddie's got all the ladies at his table. Are you about to leave? Are you about to leave and go and go over to his table? No, nah, I'm about to I'm about to bring him and put him on my show. I'm about to tell him to come on over to my show. I swear, it, it you sounds know? like you about two or three minutes to be like, all right, Demon, you can take it from here. What do you say? What do you say? I'm talking about. I was talking about you. I was messing with the helmet. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> Did it get cold in here? Or was it just me? No, it got really It got cold, right? Yeah. Yeah. See, I see. I wasn't the only one. It got, man, it got cold, cold, like out of nowhere. See, that's right. That's the, see, I just had to verify that I wasn't crazy. I thought it was just like me, that it just got super cold and everything. And uh, now now I have verified that it is not just me. So so we're good to go here. But, yeah, yeah, uh, DeMond, this is how it, it goes down, man. Sometimes you just kind of get distracted and you just do your own thing. And... <laughs> And we try to get calls. We try to get text into the show. And sometimes we just, like I said, we go in a different angle in a different direction. But uh, who do we have calling in at 702-365-9200? Who do we got up? Big Jose in San Jose. What's up, Big Jose? Calling from San Jose. What's up, man? What's up, my boy Q? How are you? Oh, man, I'm chilling. I'm blessed. Hey, I just want to tell you that I work in technology. I work in tech, right? Yeah. And I am the senior director at a tech company here in the Valley. And I, start, I, I work a lot of different hours, and I work from home. And I want you to know that when your show comes on, that's the time I call it quits for the day, and I drive my butt down to Starbucks and I get myself a coffee and I call into your show. And um, that's how I time it. Now, I want to say, you know, based on that, what I'd like to say is, you know, um, that I, I, I it just more and more every day, I just like starting to come to terms, and this is a bad thing with the acceptance of prejudice and bias in our culture. Like I said, I work in tech. Right, And there aren't many Jose's in technology. There aren't a lot of Hispanics. As a matter of fact, it's a very finite amount of people that are Hispanics in technology, right? It's predominantly South, yep. Southeastern, Southeastern Asian and Caucasian. And yep. that's cool, right? That's my, cool, my Indian yeah. folks is cool. But, you know, I've had the pleasure of working in the past. Like, I used to work for Vic Ranadive, the guy that owns the Sacramento Kings, right? Yeah, yeah. And that dude, that dude is one of the coolest billionaires you would ever meet. That dude would come in every day. And walked through this, the, the office, and I sat there. I sat right across 
you know, right by Roger Craig. Roger Craig was one of my colleagues at Tipco. Nice. Right? And this this dude would come in, and he'd take every day and say, "How's your day going today? And did you do anything today to challenge yourself to take yourself out of your comfort zone?" He goes, "Because we only grow by being in situations which make you, which make us uncomfortable, right?" Yep. And I've taken that advice to heart, and you know. The NFL is made up of billionaires that come from old money that don't know what it's like to really engage with the everyday working man, right? Right. And that's the problem that, that, that we're having with being able to change, you know, the perception of hiring in the NFL is because a lot of these people that make the, those decisions have lost what it's like to have contact in the, life, the daily life of what the average man looks like and the average man works. Now, I know these guys make a lot of money that are DCs, yeah. but they come from humble beginnings. Right, and the guys that have these billionaires that are the billionaires of these clubs, you know, for that part in the NFL, usually come from money already, right? So right. that's what the disconnect is. And until we can do something to change who becomes a member of that billionaires club, nothing is going to change, right? Right. And that's just how I see it. Nah, that's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. I hope they hope that you ain't getting pulled over. Hope that wasn't you getting pulled over with yeah, that. Bro, sorry. you already know that's the East Side. That's every day over here on the east side of San Jose, bro. That's, That's right. Know Heidi, she knows. Oh, I, hey, I know she does, man. Heidi, she, she's on that east side all the time. You over there on Story? You over there by Story? I am actually on Story and King right now, bro. I do live <laughs> in this area. Hey, man, I be knowing. I know the 408, man. Story and King, that used to be one of my stomping grounds, man, back in the day. <laughs> right on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Back in the day, but good stuff, man. And I, I think you're, uh, you know, you're definitely onto something. And uh, again, you, you gotta, you gotta be okay with being uncomfortable. You know, sometimes you gotta get a little uncomfortable. And you know, everyone's not ready to do that. And I don't know when they're going to be ready to do that. You know, and I've, I've just kind of, I've kind of accepted it. And I don't know if accept is the right word, but I just kind of understand. You know, what I mean, I, I know that everything's not. There's never going to be like Demon. You say all the time, uh, it's never going to be fair. You're right. It's not. It's never going. There's never anything that's going to be called fair. It's just not, you know, the world's not fair. It's just, that's, that's a word that doesn't really exist. You know, I just, I just know that, hey, there's always going to be an uphill battle and there's always going to be an uphill challenge. And I'm okay with that. I'm comfortable with that. I really am. But everybody, you know, everyone doesn't deal with it the same way. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of the scenario. I'm not the one who's going to go on a campaign and, and, and maybe I should be, but I'm not the one that's going to go on a campaign against it. I'm just going to, do whatever I can do to overcome it, and that's just that's just how I. So uh, good stuff, though, man. That was a great call. I do appreciate you, uh, no doubt about it. Demond, you said you got a couple texts that you wanted to get to. Ah, uh, yes, we got Fargo Raider speaking about this this same subject with the Lovey Smith hire. It can't be taken as a Rooney Real hire to some. So to Demond and other proponents of that rule, is that acceptable or somewhat frustrating that it takes such extreme action to have minorities to get those jobs? Just win, baby. That's a good. Uh, that's a good text, and you know the thing about it is, Lovey Smith's got the skins on the wall. Like John McClain broke out uh, and, and broke it down. I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He's a heck of a coach. You know, he's been there, done that, and he was the you know defensive coordinator for the Texans. You know, the thing about the Texans really, they kind of they intrigue me, but they kind of blow my mind. You know, they they confuse me. They brought in David Culley last year, and I just I I, I didn't see that coming out of I, I didn't see that coming at all. You know, they kind of came out of left field. Then they get rid of him after one year, knowing that he had all the chips against him. 
I mean, the chips were really stacked against They never them. wanted you know them. I, mean? I feel like the Texans, they are looking back. And to his point, it is a little frustrating because they, they fired David Culley and it, it all signs point to, hey, man, Josh McCown, you're our guy. They right. gave him the finger gun and the wink. <laughs> you're the guy. Right. And then it's like, ah, man, we can't do it. And Lovey Smith was on his staff last season, so they're just like, ah, man, who's the next? Who's like the next senior black guy that we had around here? Well, we'll just right. give him the head coach job. So it is a bit frustrating. No, like I agree. just like, ah, man, I guess we'll just hire a black guy. That'll save us from the PR disaster that would have been hiring Josh McCown. Well, it goes back to my baseball all-star story. You know, after a bunch of being and moaning, then I made the all-star team. They didn't want me on the squad. I knew that. But here's the thing, though. If it is going to go, like, I would prefer that if it was like, hey, a black guy's got to get this job. We're giving it to somebody black. I'd prefer go to Lovey Smith, like a 63-year-old guy who's got those skins on the wall, did right. a hell of a job, and then instead of like a young black coach that this could hurt his record, where they could look back and be like, ah, man, you right. had three straight losing seasons in Houston. And it's right. like, well, look what I was working with. Right. No, I agree. This is I a agree. great swan song for him. He's going to ride off to the sunset collecting some more checks. There you go. I, I think it's a, a really good hire, even though I don't think the hire came, came about in the, in the way that it should have. But I still think it's a good hire because I do like Levy Smith a lot, and so we'll see what he's able to do. But like John McClain said, they have so far to go. They have so far to go before they figure things out of what they're trying to do. They don't know their quarterback situation. They don't know if Watson's ever going to even be tradable, let alone if he's going to play. You know what I mean? Like there's so many questions that they have there. It's going to be it's going to be a long haul. Raider Nation feels like you know that they're they're concerned and and not upset, but you know just fearful of what what could happen in the next year or so. <laughs> Just look at just look at uh just look at the Houston Texans man they're they're in a they're in a bad way they're in a really really bad way and that damn air just t- kicked on again it literally just kicked on I talked it into existence again oh it is cold you man. gotta it's put like, on a jacket and just keep I pushing. got a jacket on I literally have a jacket on no joke I have a jacket on but this thing just keeps on coming oh you probably wearing that 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 pullover that you wear around the station all the time. That R and R pullover that you got that you got. No, that's not enough. Then if this is cold, because you're making it sound like you're in the middle of Siberia right now, because of a little air conditioning. Why you call out what I'm wearing though? <laughs> Why you call out what I'm wearing? Like you pick my clothes out for me or something? Because <laughs> I know what you're wearing. I ain't gonna lie. Probably like some like some khaki pants. Am I oh right? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That is so funny that you said that. I'm literally wearing khakis and that pullover uh, that you're talking about. I'm literally wearing exactly what you just said without you seeing me. That is funny. That that's is how funny. good. That's how good I am. That, that's how well I know you. That means like, we've been hanging out with each other too long. You need to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> you, you need to take a vacation, man. Uh, <laughs> you're gonna make the wife jealous. The wife's gonna be like, "Hold on, man. You got a better relationship with him than I do." Didn't haven't seen you in what like three four days. Know what you're wearing right. on a Tuesday? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he ain't wearing his red polo today. It's only Tuesday. <laughs> oh, we ain't worth nothing. Wow. Shout out to my man Cisco sending a text. Story and King, wow, back in 97, or 87, excuse me, 87, 89, kicking it at the 7-Eleven on cruise nights. That's right. That's right. Hey, man, I'll tell you, man, Story and King, I used to get in that wild 94.9 van. I used to ride on out there, boy. That was the spot because that van, even though it was a minivan and nothing's cool about a minivan, you put that bright pink stripe on that says wild 94.9 and you have a couple prizes to hand out and guess who loves you? All the ladies love you. So, yeah, man, that was right up my wheelhouse. Then after we did a little Story and King action, uh, we went downtown San Jose and went to a couple of the clubs. We decorated them with some banners, and then we hung out. And guess who's at the club, too? The ladies. 
Because so, you yes. gave them the free tickets. I gave them the free tickets. So, hey, man, you know, you build it, they will come. And, boy, oh, boy, it was a lot of fun. So, yeah, San Jose was our hot spot. We lived in San Jose. We owned okay. San Jose. KML <laughs> owned the East Bay, but Wild 949, they owned the South Bay, man. San Jose all day. That's how we roll. 3.34 is the time. We'll come back. We're live on Radio Row here. Who knows what we're going to have, but we'll have some fun because that's what we do. Got about 25 minutes left in today's show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. Back to Radio Row with the Los Angeles Convention Center. Here's your boy, Q. Hey. Yeah, let that ride. Because it's bad boys for life. I had a homeboy named uh, CK. He's on the radio right now in Fresno. He does uh, Fox Sports Radio, and he also does uh, – he's at B95. And uh, his broadcast back in the day, I think he was in Portland. His name – his show was called CK and the Bad Boy Broadcast. It was awesome. So that song right there, when I thought about – when I heard that, made me think about that. Shout-out to my guy, Cisco. I was talking about uh, – I just talked about anything – Talking about San Jose back in the day and Wild 94.9. He said, you work for Wild Small World, man. You know my folks, Chewy Gomez, Dave Murray, Rich LaMonica, uh, and Vicious V. Yeah, of course. Vicious V was a dude. Yeah, yeah those, are all my, those are all my folks back in the day. Uh, Victor Zaragoza, man, that was my guy. He was he was my homeboy. He uh, he actually got me my first on-air job in uh, Stockton, California at K-Win. I'm just throwing my whole resume out there today. But uh, I know, DeMond, you in the home studios, man, you're trying to keep me on uh, on target and keep me focused on what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, you had a couple text messages on the Salmon Ash text lines you want me to get to. Okay, Taylor from West Jordan. Hey, how's it going, guys? You're my favorite duo on Raider Nation Radio. Thank nice. you guys for all you do. Sorry to hear about your backpack being jacked. <laughs> I definitely missed hearing the Locked On podcast today. My question is, should we be concerned by the new D.C.? I hear that his scheme is very multiple, so I wonder if it's going to be hard for the guys to learn. Don't see it, Don't want to see any, another Gunther disaster. Right, and I've seen a lot of people, and it's funny that you mentioned that. Thank you for the text. Uh, I actually, that was what my podcast today was going to be about, that you know everyone could talk about the coaches, could talk about the schemes, could talk about this, that, and the other. Uh, but similar to what Bill Romanowski said at the beginning of the show, you know, it's like these guys are football players, man. If you want to go out there and you want to be successful, you go out there and be successful. And you'll have a good coach if the coach isn't stubborn and hell-bent in his ways. Like everyone's talking about Patrick Graham in the 3-4. He's already said and made it clear as he called Max Crosby immediately after he got hired and said, hey, don't listen to all this 3-4 whatever stuff. We are going to put you in position to succeed. And that's what good coaches do. I'm excited by the Patrick Graham hire. I think he was a really good coach in uh, a defensive coordinator when he was in New York. Uh, Ari Mayrov, who was on the show earlier from Pro Football Focus, was talking about the, the defense with the Giants, and he even used the E word a couple times. Excellent. You know, and they do a good job in the red zone. I think it'll be fine. I know, they, I know the concerns when it comes to Gunther. I know the concerns to, to, you know, what the defense looked like when they were going to be multiple and all that other stuff, but I don't think that you should be too concerned really about any of this. And maybe this is just kind of my attitude these days. Let's just take a wait-and-see approach. Let's just wait and see how everything is going to shake out. Let's not get too high. Let's not get too low. Let's just kind of say, okay, this is what you have. This is what I've learned about this guy. This is, you know, these are some facts, and let's see where this goes. I mean, 
At the end of the day, that's all you could do. It's all you could do. All these coaching hires across the league, they've already been determined by every fan base if it's a good hire or not. You know, and that's what isn't that what we do as sports radio guys? Rank the top the the coaching hires. Who had the best one? Who had the worst one? You know, what's the job best job available? Now, you know, it's just just take a wait and see approach. I think Josh McDaniels is gonna be a good head coach. Could be wrong. You know? I, I do think that he had an opportunity to learn and saw what mistakes he made before, and he's going to grow from that. But guess what? I'm not going to know until you know. Patrick Graham, I think he's going to be a good defensive coordinator. We'll see. We'll see as soon as, you know, as soon as the guys start to get onto the field and do their thing. That's all we really know. So I, I think he'll be fine. I just think a lot of people get are, 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 are nervous, just like the texter, nervous because – of previous regimes and previous failures by their regimes. So it's like, oh, I don't want to go back to that. <laughs> you know, so I just I just think you just need to take a, a wait-and-see approach. And we'll, we'll just do exactly that, see how it all shakes out. We'll talk about it. We'll try to give you as much information as possible so you feel like you have a good understanding of these guys. But until they actually get out there and start handling their business, we really won't know. Let's go out to the phone lines real quick and talk to our guy, Raider Dave in Denver. What's on your mind, my man? Well, I hope this uh, special teams coach thing works out, and I hope he's got a short lease. I don't think many people here were impressed with him. Of course, right. I'm being a Raider fan. I'm not impressed with anything they do on the Broncos. Right. Anyway, anyway, I think that this is more of a turnkey operation than a lot of people may believe because you have to look back on the tendencies of what the Patriots did, and it's they used to have a great pullback. Uh, you know, and so hopefully Ingold's future is solid. They love running two tight end sets and seam routes. Uh, they love running counter plays. So I think the the real deal for the offense in the offseason is obviously a number one wide receiver. If they can't scheme and get Jackson open, maybe the wide receiver thing doesn't happen this year. I'm not sure. But certainly offensive line has to happen because anytime the Raiders have gone anywhere or just about any other team, it's been uh, at least two or three all pros uh, or these Pro Bowl players on the offensive line. Hey, here's a question for you about um, the Pro Bowl. I brought this up earlier in Clay, so I apologize for everybody. But I wanted to get your take on back in the day when you and I were kids and just finding out what carrot cake was all about, we used to play a game called setback. Do you remember that? Did you ever play that? It's a punting game. I think the punters in the Pro Bowl should play that. How does that, how did that one go? How did that game go? I well, you, you and your buddy are putting the ball back and forth, and if you catch it, you take three steps forward. And eventually, you've got enough catches and enough steps where you're punting it into the end zone, you win the game. Of course, oh. this can't take forever. This can't take forever in the NFL, So, and you don't want the punters running around trying to catch it. So we start a punt returner on one sideline. It gives the opportunity to punt it to the opposite sideline and to cough and kick it. And if the, punter, if the punt returner catches it with two feet inbounds, then he gets three steps forward. He's got shorter legs than the punter anyway. But you do that, and it probably would last about five kicks each, and I think somebody would actually get a punt into the end zone. But I think it would be fun. I don't know why they don't do a long kick competition or some sort of narrowed goal post of 65 yards for the kickers. I mean, if they're going to do skills competition, include everybody. I don't know what they do with linemen, but maybe it's, you know, quickness, say, hitting a sled or something. I don't know. I think right. if the players have fun. I think if the players have fun, then let it roll into it. And they used to play harder because $70,000 to win was a lot of money. 
You know, if you want them to play harder, <laughs> if you want them to play harder, you're going to have to make them play for a bunch more money, and I just don't think people want to do that anymore. And the season's longer now anyway, so who right. really wants to do anything except grab and hold and, you know, hug tackle? Right. Exactly. That's funny. Hey, I like that. Uh, I, I really do. That's good stuff right there. Uh, man, um, having fun at the Pro Bowl is what it's all about. That's really all that they need to do. I don't care if they're not tackling. I don't care any of that. So just, I mean, the game is, is you know, it is what it is. I, I think that that's, you're exactly right. They should go out there and just have some fun. Just go out there, find something to do, some activities uh, to have some fun. Really, honestly, what they could have done is they could have, instead of doing the game, they could have done all the skills challenges and, and include punters and kickers like you mentioned. They could have done that at Allegiant Stadium or in Allegiant Stadium on on Pro Bowl Sunday, and they could have just had a good time with that instead of actually doing a game. It could have been a lot of fun and, and included everybody, uh, put the big man in the, I don't know, big man dance contest or, uh, you know, maybe maybe have the big man back to return kicks. You know what I mean? Have have, have the big man back uh, uh, receiving punts. That, that would be fun. You know, that's that's always cool to see. You know, or, or, or switch up positions, you know, see what wide receiver has the best uh, – has the best leg who can kick that field goal or what you know what I mean something like that switch things up just have a little bit of fun so you're seeing you know you're seeing another side of these guys I think that would be that'd be pretty cool so uh, thank you for that uh, that's that's a good call yeah uh, you got another one for me tomorrow or no we got gangster Raider up next gangster Raider what's on your mind all right he just dropped never mind <laughs> every time I get ready to go to him uh, always always happens to drop off oh man all right well. Uh, let's see. I'm looking at looking at a couple different little news and notes here, little nuggets. I gotta verify these real quick. I'm seeing some nuggets about coaches for the Raiders and incoming and outgoing, but none of it's verified. So before I say anything, I'll have to verify them, and then when I do, I'll be able to pass it along. So a couple little nuggets that I'll work on in the commercial break. 3:47 is the time. We'll take one more quick one. We'll come back and close out the show. This is Raider Nation Radio 9:20. Back to Radio Row at the Los Angeles Convention Center. Here's your boy Q. You know, I'll tell you, uh, even though only thing I keep talking about when it comes to last night was my backpack getting stolen, but we did have a really good dinner last night. Had some really good food. Walked by, and Vinny, why don't you hop on for this? Vinny's coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. Vinny will be able to appreciate that because I am a very Bay Area guy. I am not a big L.A. dude at all. Oh. I, you know I'm not. I'm, just, I'm a Bay guy. I'm not hating on L.A. I'm just yeah. a Bay guy. Yeah, I'm a L- it's, I am don't hate different. the Bay Area, but I love Los Angeles, and I like it more. But, right. I don't, that, you know, I, I, we know where we're coming from. But around the corner from here is, what is it, the Cryptocurrency Center now? Is that what they called it? Completely stripped down. It doesn't even look like the same place. Right. From Staples Center. Which exactly. they'll, they'll get around to sprucing it back up and everything like that. But uh, it's not going to look like that. Right. But I'll say this. As I was coming back from dinner last night, I was walking by, and if there's not a greater sight than those damn statues oh, outside, yeah. those are, I'm sorry, like I said, I'm not an L.A. dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get all ooh and ah about L.A., but that is pretty stinking cool to walk by and see all those statues out there. Well, you've got, let's see, Jerry West, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq's um, is my favorite. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, Shaq's is my good, favorite. Uh, that's the best. Yeah. Kobe Bryant. Uh, Co- Kobe's not out there yet, right? No, Kobe's not out there yet. Yeah, I, was, I, I, was went looking, I went looking for Kobe. I was going to take a yes. picture and send it to my mom. Shaquern. My mom says Kobe's my uh, older brother. <laughs> yeah. <they're>, yeah. <laughs> More successful brother. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky is out there. Um, right. 
Yeah. I think uh, Oscar De La Hoya. Is yeah, yeah, he's he, out he there. a bunch of times. Yeah, Jared told me he had the wrong shorts on. I didn't know what he meant by that, but okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. I'll go with it. Jared, um, Jared's new name, by the way, is uh, the black guy with the tan jacket on. Aha, uh-huh, I see. Uh-huh. Well, you know, what's very interesting, years ago when, when they were putting Staples Center yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking – Convention Center was here, but otherwise it was basically Skid Row. It yeah. really was. Yeah. And everyone was like, there's no way. There's nothing down there. Everything that you see around here, people actually living. There's a community here. Nobody lived in right. downtown Los Angeles. Right. It just shows you that you have to be able to see beyond your own you know, eyesight. Right. And people have visions. And um, you know, the, the, the people who built uh, Staples Center obviously uh, did. And they own the Kings. They brought the Lakers in. This whole thing has been revitalized. It's right. beautiful to see because yeah. it was never like this. And for anyone that, you know, even Allegiant Stadium, I'm sure they're going to build around there. When, right. when people start talking about vision like this, yeah. listen, don't right. just scoff it off um, immediately because sometimes you just can't see what they're seeing, and it's really a great thing to see. Yeah, it, it is. And I'm telling you, I, I was walking by those statues, and I said, oh, man, those are cool. Yeah. And then I said, you know what? Wait a minute! Stop this! It's cool. Let me walk over there and actually spend a couple minutes. Yeah, take some you pictures. Know? Yeah, and I didn't take any pictures, but there was people that were taking pictures, and I was like, "Hey, I don't, I don't blame you, man. That's those are those looked really cool, man." And I just I thought that that was a a nice touch, and like I said, the Shack one was my favorite just because it's up high, yeah. you know, and it, it's literally him dunking on a on a on a and look like he's bringing a backboard down. It's they they did a good job with that. And they what's really crazy did. is right across the street from SoFi is the Forum where yeah. the Lakers used to play. Yep, uh, and one of many championships there. And then right across the street, on the other side, is going to be where the Clippers' new arena is going to be. Right. So uh, things are are definitely moving along here in Los Angeles. It always is. Uh, but I I'm always reminded of Las Vegas. Vegas is continuously growing, and it reminds me of here in Los Angeles. And I'm saying, I mean, you know, Los Angeles Raiders. Uh, Still yes. the only football team to win a Super Bowl. <laughs> that could change on Sunday. It could. It, it, it definitely could. I think it's going to. Okay. I, I think the Rams are going to win. I, just, I was doing a story today. Yeah. There's just too much firepower. Odell, Cooper Cup. Right. Um, you know, uh, the running backs, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd. It's just you go on and right, on. Leonard right, Floyd right. had 10, 10 sacks this year. I know. He's had 20 right. or 19 and a half or so yep. since coming to the Rams. He was right. he was an afterthought in exactly. Chicago. He didn't live up to expectations. No, no, no. He comes to Los Angeles, plays alongside Aaron Donald, all of a sudden his whole world opens Do you up. know the funny story about Leonard Floyd was that Rod Marinelli, who obviously was yes. a defensive line coach in, uh, with the Raiders, didn't draft him in Dallas because he had small short arms? Oh, man, the nitpicking that goes yeah. on. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> wouldn't, he wouldn't draft him because he had short arms. Well, a lot of people didn't draft Cooper Cup because he ran a slow 40 right. at the Combine. And it's right. like, what are we doing? Do we right. not see that guys can play football and what they actually do on film? It's, Sometimes it's, we overthink things. A lot of times. You know what I mean? And that's and, and that's and that kind of goes back to the conversation we were having. And we just got a call from Raider Dave in Denver uh, asking about the, uh, the, the, the defensive coordinator. Uh, and, and what, yeah, what he's going to bring to the table, and is there any concern? I, actually, that was a text. But any concern about, uh, you know, the 3-4, right. and, and is that going to fit with these players? And, and I think that as long as he doesn't just say be hell-bent and say, you have to run my scheme, if, as long as he has an open mind to, hey, these players, this is what they do really well, I'm putting them in position, I think they should be fine. I think, and I think we talked about this uh, yesterday, if you take the offseason and just tinker with yeah. maybe seeing if there's anything else that um, like a, a Max Crosby can do, maybe yeah. upright, uh, whether it's rushing the passer, dropping back in coverage, if you can if you can create some packages where he's 
doing yeah. that. Right. It only helps him and only adds to the you know Raiders toolbox and, and uh, their flexibility. It may work, it may not work, but at right. least give it a shot. Speaking of Max Crosby, does he get a, a, a contract extension before uh, before the draft? Uh, before the draft? Yes. Not sure about before the draft, but I would imagine either before training camp or during training camp. <laughs> I, I said I said Max Crosby in, in contract, and Eddie gave me the look, gave me the side eye look. Eddie was like, "What are you talking about, money, man? Q, don't be talking about. Oh, don't he's be gonna get taken. Don't care be of. talking about nobody's wallet, Q. Those, those are the kind of contracts you're happy to give out, right? Exactly it's because you hit. On yeah, it. exactly. No, whatever Max gets, he's is very well deserved. Yep. Uh, he's, and he's guy and Redfro as well. But uh, that was funny, man. That was. That was funny. Sometimes you catch the side eye. Yeah, but exactly. uh, no, it's all good. We're having a good time out here on Radio Row. Vinny's coming up next, 4 to 6 p.m. in the huddle. I know Solomon Wilcox will be part of the show. Yep. Uh, and I'm going to get on my hustle and my grind. I'm going to bring over at least two to three more guests. All right. So, I'm uh, looking forward to it. Yeah. So get ready. Get excited. We're going to have a lot of fun. Our coverage of Super Bowl 56 continues, 4 to 6 p.m. We're going hard in the paint. Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, live from Radio Row here on Radio Nation Radio 920.